Hey everybody and welcome back to Abby and the Mustangs. I know it has been a couple of months since you have heard from me, but I am back for a very special episode. Um, so today we are going to be going over my own tip challenge survival guide that I have compiled into a short outline to kind of pitch to you guys and you can take something away from it. Um, if you're a beginner in the tip challenges, if you're interested in joining, or if you're even a seasoned veteran in the tip challenges and you're just wanting to you know maybe take something away you might have not you know thought of before you know you can always learn something new I I'm the same way I love to learn new things um, so anyways we're just gonna jump right in and start um, what is a tip challenge for somebody who has never heard that term uh, tip stands for trainer incentive program and the trainer incentive program is a program that was created by the Mustang Heritage Foundation in conjunction with the Bureau of Land Management in an effort to adopt out more horses. So um, basically the TIP program, uh, trainers can, they have to apply to be um, official trainers for the TIP program and then they get horses, gentle them, and then find adopters for them. Now that's the TIP program, but a TIP challenge is different. You do not have to be a official trainer for Mustang Heritage Foundation. You do have to apply for the TIP challenge, but you do not have to have any sort of horse training experience, which it's hard to believe, right? You're like, whoa, I don't have to have any any experience at all to train a wild horse. No. But here I am with this survival guide so that you're not going in blind, okay? So tip challenge, the duration of the challenge is usually 100 days, but I have seen them go for, you know, as much as 120 days. It really just kind of varies. Sometimes, you know, people who are organizing the challenges, they can't, you know, get dates set exactly 100 days apart. Um, so if you ever see that, that's why. Um, what do you do in a tip challenge? Well, there are many different options. If you are a youth or an adult, you can enter one or two, one of the two uh, different divisions or both. People have done both before. So you can train either a wild horse or a wild burrow. Um, to select these horses, usually the selection process varies um, from different tip challenges, different organizers, they, they'll do it different ways. So I've seen ways where they do a first come first serve basis. So whoever turns in their application first, they get put on a list in order, um, you know, first come first serve, like I said. So if you were the fifth person to turn in your application, then you get to pick fifth out of whatever horses there are. Or there's the random selection where it doesn't matter, you know, what order anybody turns an application, they throw your name in a hat, and you get what you get and you know that's it or you can get a randomly assigned horse or you're randomly assigned an order if that makes sense which i have experienced a few so my first tip challenge it was random draw i did not know what horse i was getting until like a week before pickup and that was when i got my horse lana my my mare from wheeler pass and then let's see my second no i want to say my third tip challenge i was able to do it based off the application so i think i was second to turn in my application so i got second pick and i picked out my other filly louisa um and you know i was happy with her i actually chose to keep her so that was my next point is 
when selecting a horse, you want to decide if you're going to keep or if you're going to want to reassign. Now, the reason I say this is because I find it a lot easier to look for something specific when you're going to the pens when you have you know, an end goal in mind. So what I like to think, okay, am I going to rehome this horse? I'm going to look for something that maybe not, might not be my type of horse, but something that is going to be, um, a really nice animal for somebody, something that looks nice, um, something easier, something not as difficult. Um, that would be something that, you know, I would want to rehome. Now, if I was looking for a horse for myself, then that all goes out the window. I just follow my heart and, you know, pick whatever I, whatever, whatever really, you know, tugs at my heart. So that's, that's kind of the different selection ways that I like to think about. Now, when it comes to actually choosing individual horses, I kind of have my own kind of criteria for what I look for um, and what I think is going to be a good horse. So if you are only able to select a horse based off of photos, one thing that I would really look for is where is your horse looking? Are they hiding in the back behind all the other horses or are they in the front and they're looking at the camera? Normally horses that are more attentive to whoever's taking photos, I like to think that they're more curious. I mean, they just kind of seem more curious in their body language. That's something that I really like to look for. And then you want to go to their physical attributes. So the last thing that I even consider is color. I never really look at color. Um, some people do, and that's fine. It's all personal preference. But me personally, I like to look at a horse from the bottom up. And that was some advice given to me by a very good friend. So you start at their hooves, and you look at their legs, go up, look at their, their hips, their back, up their neck, and their head. You really want a nice put-together horse. You're not going to always find a 100% perfect quarter horse type Mustang. You know, they're all different. They have all kinds of different body types. Um, so you can get one that's more tall and lankier if you're wanting maybe something for English or something more stout or wide, you know, something that'll be solid for trails or ranch work. So you really just have to think about, you know, I like to dream what is this horse's life going to be like? What are they going to excel in based off of their body type and their personality and things like that? Um, so when it comes to selection, those are just some things that I like to think about. Um, now, when you go to pick up a horse, you actually do have to adopt your tip challenge animal. So um, you want to make sure that if you are a previous adopter that you do not exceed the four untitled animal limit on your property. If you have four untitled animals on your property then you cannot adopt another unless the horse is sale authority which sale authority if you're not familiar is where you can adopt a horse but you'll own it outright from BLM you don't have to wait a year to get the title so um, normally it just kind of depends on the horse some horses have different statuses than others so it just depends um, but most of the time you do have to adopt or purchase from BLM um, and then once you're, if you're wanting to rehome the horse at the end, then you'll have to reassign them and that will just cost the next adopter a $25 reassignment fee to BLM or if your horse is sale authority, then you can just sell them outright. You don't need to um, reassign them with BLM or anything like that. So 
Let's move on now to the show. So in 100 days, what are we going to do to prepare for the big day, the show, or the big weekend? Um, so training preparation that I like to do, um, I always make a checklist. And obviously in the trainer incentive program, there is already um, criteria for horses that they have to meet to be adopted for the trainer to get the full incentive. And that is to halter and lead, pick up all four feet, and load in the trailer. Now for a tip challenge, you have a little more time than what you have um, as a tip trainer, which is 100 days. Tip trainers only have 90 days. So you have a lot more time to teach your horse more things. So I like to really take advantage of that and go above and beyond so that when you get to the competition and either you want to rehome your horse or when you get to the competition, you're ready to just start riding them if they're of the proper age after the challenge, then you're just, you know, ready to go or, you know, whatever. I like to set my horses up to be successful for any situation. If, you know, life happens and you end up not being able to keep your horse, you want to make sure that they're going to be safe wherever they go um, and that's by giving them a proper education so um, what your horse should learn I have a minimum requirement checklist now I would get out a pen and paper if you're really wanting to take down some good notes here because um, there's a lot of good points that you know you might want to save for later so my minimum checklist is going to be to catch and halter lead at ease and trot in hand load in the trailer and pick up all four feet and accept a farrier because that is obviously very important for their health that they can have feet maintained and if they go on to the next person and they're not able to have their feet maintained um, well that's just you know a risk you never know what could happen if they're not able to be trained by somebody else so that's I just worry about that that's why I like to set my horses up to for success okay let's think about that um, so some technical maneuvers that you don't have to teach but I'm going to highly highly recommend you do some YouTube research and try your very best to learn how to teach these different maneuvers to be successful at the tip challenge you want to have fun you don't want to get there and be really frustrated um, and just stuck because you weren't able to prepare your horse properly for um, the different classes so um, some technical maneuvers my minimums are uh, side passing, backing up, a four-quarter yield, a hind-quarter yield. <clears throat> and if you're not sure what those are, it's okay. You can pause this episode, go to YouTube, check it out really fast, come on back when you're ready, or just write it down and then go look at it later on when you have some time. Um, so technical maneuvers, they're very, very often asked for at tip challenges. So if you're like, eh, I won't need to teach my horse to side pass, you probably will. They're probably going to ask for it. Um, desensitization. This is so, so, so important. You want your horse to be safe when you make it to the tip challenge. If you have, you know, if he's scared of people around him or her, you know, and they, you know, take off and bolt, it's probably not a good idea to go to the show in the first place because you don't want any accidents to happen. You don't want something to happen to your horse or if your horse injures somebody else, that's just going to be a whole nightmare. Um, so it's really, really important that your horse is okay with other people. I think that Mustangs have stranger danger. I mean, most of them usually have stranger danger. So really exposing them to new faces and new people is really important. They're not like normal domestic horses who are accepting of any human who comes in their pen. I, Mustangs recognize faces. I definitely know that's for sure. Um, and smells too. 
So some basic objects that I also like to desensitize them before even considering making it to the um, show is ground poles, wagons, bikes, vehicles, and some bright colored objects, maybe like some cones um, or like, who knows, tarps, tarps for sure. Um, because you never know when, you know, a plastic bag could come out of nowhere or a tarp could be flapping in the wind, you know, and freak you or your horse out. Um, so moving on to some more physical things that you want to think about with your horse, show prep. Um, so what I do over the 100 days is I kind of have a checklist as well that I go over um, to make sure that my horse is going to be in tip-top shape when they get there. Um, so they should be at least the average body weight. If your horse is underweight, I would highly recommend having a vet come out to evaluate them, maybe figure out what's going on with their health before just deciding to take your horse to a show. I think that it doesn't look right if you take your horse to a show and they're underweight. Um, I just don't think that that is a good um, representation of the Mustangs that we should have for them in the public. I think people should really consider staying home, maybe put your horse's health before the show or the competition, you know, before anything. Um, that's just, you know, that's just me. So what I like to do is when I first get them and I'm able to handle them, the first thing is to deworm them. Even though the Bureau of Land Management, they completely deworm them, they should trim their hooves. They don't always though. Um, they do give them their proper vaccinations, but I deworm again because you just, you never know what they have. Um, I also like to check for colic. Oh my gosh, Millie, this SoCal Tip Challenge horse. I cannot believe that this little horse actually survived, but when she got here, she was pooping literal gravel, giant rocks, and she couldn't eat for a couple of days. She had really bad diarrhea, um, so we had to deal with that. I had to go to the vet, get her antibiotics. That took about two weeks for her to get over. Um, luckily, now she's in great shape, and she, you know, got her weight back and her appetite back and she's doing awesome um, but definitely definitely check for sand uh, try and give psyllium if they'll eat it if you can uh, make sure they're drinking water check their poop right when they get home for the first week or so just to be sure that they're okay um, also to check teeth I've had a few horses that have had really really bad teeth um, they're out in the wild you know they don't have any vet care and they can lose their teeth or they have, I had one with a giant abscess up in his gums and it required surgery. His awesome new owners um, were able to pay for that and get him back into um, tip top shape. So he's doing well now, but you never know with these Mustangs, they can come with some, you know, some maintenance that they need and they totally transform once you go that extra step and really take care of them they just totally look like different animals at the end. It's my favorite part. My favorite part is looking at the before and the after. Um, so you don't have to clip. I have clipping on here, like body clipping, shaving their whole body or their face or their legs. You don't have to. Um, I personally like to sometimes, it depends on the weather. If it's gonna be a really, really hot show um, and I'm able to teach my horse to accept the clippers, I'll usually clip. And I think there's some advantages to that when you get to the show. Number one, like I just said, if it's really, really hot, your horse is gonna be comfortable. You're gonna avoid sweat. You're gonna avoid them looking dirty um, or shed 
shedding and, you know, just being a big mess. I think it also really shows the judges and the audience and the people that um, are going to come to see the show or who might be potentially interested in your horse that they have, you know, a wider education. You're able to clip them. They're safe to clip. Um, I think that, you know, anything that your horse can do extra is just going to be icing on the cake to help find them a home or, you know, keep them comfortable. Um, so, and like I said, it's not required at any horse show whatsoever. No tip challenge. Have they ever said your horse must be clipped? Absolutely not. They're, they're Mustangs. Nobody cares if they look a little wild, but I think that if you want to go, you're going to want to impress and you want to look your best and really make an impression on the crowd and on the judges because remember we're trying to advocate for these horses and show their trainability their adoptability we can show that they're just as good as any other domestic breed okay so now we're going to go over the different class types and what you can expect at the tip challenge um so i have a few written down here that from i from what i've experienced have been at tip challenges so number one is the freestyle class freestyle is honestly one of my favorite because it, I mean, it's self-explanatory. You, It's a freestyle. So you do whatever you want. Usually they have like a time limit. So it can go from three minutes to three minutes and 30 seconds. And that's kind of all the time you have to really show off what you and your horse can do. Um, in the freestyle class, it's so, so important to fill the time up with stuff. Nobody wants to just watch you walk around the arena with your horse. You know, if that's all you can do, well, still props, you know, we'll, we'll be proud of you if that's the farthest you can go. But but if not, you want to go above and beyond to show those judges everything your horse can do. Even if you have already shown them in previous classes, you really want to highlight their individual talents. Um, and don't limit yourself at all. It could be absolutely anything. I've done some pretty crazy stuff. Um, if you teach them little extra tricks here and there, the freestyle class is a great place to show that. Um, it could be anything from teaching your horse to give you a kiss to teaching them how to sit down on a couch. It, I mean, really, it could be anything. Um, so, and I also like to theme freestyles. Some people require that freestyles have costumes um, and like themed songs, but not all of them. But I still like to follow that criteria no matter where I go. You should always have a theme to your freestyle, a good song, something upbeat, something that the crowd can, you know, really get involved with, keep them entertained. Um, you don't want it to be really slow and boring and then people lose interest in watching. You really, really, really want to showcase your horse so make it fun make it interesting and you have fun with it yourself it's really no need to get nervous over the freestyle whatsoever because there's really no criteria except sometimes um, in this SoCal tip challenge this is the first tip challenge I've ever had where there has been a set of requirements to show in your freestyle um, so that's a little new for me but it really shouldn't be a problem there's a whole list of things that the judges want to see in your freestyle and um, even though there's, you know, it's specific things, you can still put your own twist on it. You can put your own, you know, theme to it or, you know, anything like that to show off you and your horse. Um, so handling and conditioning. Um, this class is to show how handleable your horse is and their overall body condition as well as overall presentation of the horse and rider. So 
when I think about the handling conditioning class, I almost think of it as really close to like a showmanship class. I like to really um, go above and beyond to make sure my horse is looking their very best in handling conditioning because the judges are looking at the body condition. Um, so they're going to look at the muscling, if your horse is underweight, if your horse is overweight, how well their feet are looking, are they trimmed, are they long, um, is their mane brushed, is their tail you know, matted and knotted, or is it nice and clean? Um, so you can go all out on making your horse look good. You want to make sure that they're washed, that they're shiny, their hooves are clean, um, that they can be approached by the judges. Again, this is another one because in handling conditioning, a lot of times the judges will come and approach your horse to get a closer look. And if they're not okay with people around them, then this, this class might be a little tricky for you. Um, Moving on to the next one, um, there could also be um, a horsemanship class, which there's not always a horsemanship class in tip challenges, but um, there's not always everything that I mention in tip challenges, okay? This is, I'm just kind of compiling everything that I've experienced and putting it into one um, little outline. So um, there's no guarantee that any of these will be for sure in a challenge, okay? I'm just gonna say that once and then I'm not gonna say it again because I've repeated it several times. Um, anyways, okay, back back to the horsemanship. Um, horsemanship usually includes the following maneuvers, uh, pivoting, four-quarter yield, side passing, trotting in hand, walk or trot over ground poles and backing up. I've also had a horsemanship class where I had to load my horse in a trailer. It, it just kind of depends. It varies from um, different challenge from different challenges. Um, I wanted to go back to the handling conditioning because it looks like I skipped like a whole section of things that it might include. Um, so common obstacles in handling conditioning is also trailer loading, brushing your horse, spraying your horse, picking up the feet, standing tied, trotting in hand. Um, so as you can see, the self-explanatory handling and conditioning. So they want to make sure that your horse can be handled just like any other horse could be handled, can be fly sprayed, can they can be tied, they can be led. Uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. All right. We're going to go on to um, reimbursement and sale of your horse. So this is at the end of the challenge when you're all done and you've uh, already completed all your classes and you're deciding, okay, am I rehoming my horse or am I taking my horse home? If you're taking your horse home, great. That's all. We, we loved having you here. But if you want to sell your horse or reassign your horse, there is some procedures for that. Um, usually, if you're going to reassign, you have to have BLM at the tip challenge if you want to do it that day. If not, it might take a couple more days if BLM is not on site. Um, you have to do the whole process, you know, whatever, between you and the adopter. So, um, oh, reimbursement. At the end of tip challenges, every trainer is reimbursed $200 for the entire duration of the challenge. So that's supposed to help with paying for feed um, and care of the horse for all the time that you've had it from the time that you adopted it. After that, that's all you get. I mean, if you were to keep your horse, you get the $200 and then that's it. Um, or if you reassign your horse, you get the $200. That's it. It's a one-time reimbursement. Um, so if you're interested and you're like, wow, all of that sounded really, really fun, 
um, and you want to join a tip challenge, you can go on to Mustang Heritage Foundation, and if you just search up tip challenge in their search bar, there should be an event calendar that will show you different states and different dates of upcoming tip challenges. So I know that there are two for sure coming up here in the West. There's the Las Vegas tip challenge and the Arizona tip challenge. I know that the Las Vegas um, tip challenge application opens the um, the window to apply opens April 1st. So um, that's next week. So if you're very interested in doing that, I would fill out all the application stuff that you need to do right now. And then as soon as April 1st comes around, you send all of that in to the, um, to the woman who is running it, who is uh, Amber Espinoza. So I can definitely add some contact information in the description box of this podcast so that if you're interested, you have some emails that you can maybe send some inquiries to if you're looking for, um, if you have some questions or if you're not sure that you want to join um, or, you know, things like that. So I think that joining a tip challenge, there are so many different benefits, not just for the trainers, but for the horses. Um, I kind of want to go over, you know, if you're a youth and you join or if you're a parent and you're thinking, oh, my kid could totally do a tip challenge. Yes, enter them. Be a good parent. This will keep your kids busy for sure. Every single day they should go out and work with their horse. They won't have time to hang around bad influences or go do things that they're not supposed to be doing. I know from experience when I was a young kid and I did my first tip challenge in high school, I was in a lot of trouble and my parents used it as a way to get my focus back on horses and to keep me out of trouble and it sure did and I got addicted to it and continued to do so um, you know continued to compete in these different challenges so if you're a parent definitely sign your kid up give it a try um, they usually get yearling horses youth don't typically get adult horses so it's usually easier yearlings are, are usually really easy so um, they're really fun too and they're so cute little baby horse um, running around your barn so so yes thank you guys so much for tuning into my um, tip challenge survival guide I know I was kind of all over the place I'm a little rusty from my two months away so uh, all my stutters and uh, repeated words you guys know me I am not perfect but I do my best so um, I'm really excited the next episode that should be coming to you guys um, I will be interviewing a BLM employee and I'm really really excited for that that'll be in April and then after that I think we will have a burrow tip challenge version of this survival guide which will be brought to us by our favorite burrow trainer miss cynthia fisher who we have heard on this podcast before so she's gonna do a whole takeover and give her version of her tip challenge survival guide so i'm really excited for that um since i'm not a burrow master like her i figured i'd pass the reins to a professional and uh so we're excited to have her um thank you guys so much for listening and i will talk to you next time